If you have your Bible this morning, we're going to look for just a few moments to Genesis chapter 3. We have a few other scriptures, but I'm, one of these days I'm going to have a card so I can just hand the sound booth. Jared spoiled my uh, bad habits when he came. The morning he preached in the, in the, to the congregation, he handed a, a stick that you plug into the uh, computer. And I, I've, I thought I knew what a stick looked like. But, but this stick didn't look like the sticks that I, was, I used to make bow and arrows out of. He plugged it in the computer and the sound man fell in love with it because it had the scriptures that he was going to be using. So uh, believe you me, uh, I'm going to have to whet up a new stick. <clears throat> and until I do, uh, I have a sound man that's very, very kind to me. He's the only one in this church that can turn me off when I'm preaching. Genesis chapter 3, I want to talk to you a few moments, and maybe the message is just for me. You hear me say this every Sunday, if it doesn't preach to me, then you never hear it. And uh, the message that we share that comes from the Word of God is simply food for our soul. I tell you this quite often, but we're made up of three parts. We're made up, we have a spirit inside of us that God gave us so he could make contact with us. He talks to us through his spirit. I've never heard an audible voice from the Lord. I've been in the ministry, sharing, I've been in the ministry 52 years. I've never heard an audible voice from the Lord, but I certainly know when he's speaking. He speaks to my heart. Do you know he even speaks to the world today that doesn't know him as a personal friend? Have you ever heard your friend say, I just had a gut feeling I shouldn't have done that? Especially when the red lights are behind you and, and you passed in a no-passing zone and, or you didn't give quite the leeway to uh, the law that you should have. I just knew that I shouldn't have done that. Or uh, you make a wrong turn and it leads you the wrong direction and inwardly. And they say, I, I knew that I shouldn't have done that. Did you know that's the Holy Spirit speaking to that person? Have you ever heard anybody say, boy, I'm just so lucky today. No, you're not lucky. God just directs our steps. And can I say this? The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. So I need to tell you, his favor is released every day. It's just, our, it's just our decision as to whether or not we walk in the favor of God. So we're made up of spirit. We have a soulish man, which is our mind, will, and emotion. That did not get transformed or saved the day that I gave my heart to Jesus. I gave my heart to Jesus. My spirit was transformed. He took out a, a spirit filled with sin, and he gave me his spirit called the Holy Spirit that abides inside of me. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit guides us into all truth. It quickens this mortal body that I live in. This house that you're living in is the third part. The house that we live in houses the Holy Spirit. It houses the mind, will, and emotion, which is our soulless realm. So every Sunday when you come to church or when you listen to Christian television, God wants you to know he's renewing your mind. And the battles of life are won or lost right between our shoulders called the mind. Did you know the enemy cannot invade your life with depression or oppression without entering your mind? All summer we have, we have had the hummingbird feeder hanging just out below our, just hanging outside so we can see the picture window. And those hummingbirds have just just, just, I mean, it was just heaven on earth to see them kind of fight each other as they were trying to get this red sugar fluid or what it is. It's a drink that Sherry fixes for them. And every year we just have a host of hummingbirds. And I, I was told by a, a good friend uh, that he said, you know, they, they go south. In almost a day's time, the, the total population of the hummingbirds left. And I was told they get on, the, they piggyback other birds that are flying south. 
and they ride south. They don't have to, you know, their wings go 90 mile an hour. You know, I mean, they just, they just kind of, if you get close enough to them and they trust you, you can, you can hear the flutter of their wings. And they can, they, can, they can put that bill right where they want it. And they can drink out of that fountain. But when it comes time to go south, they piggyback, they hitchhike a ride and go south. Did you know that God wants you to know that he's made provision for your trip? He doesn't want you piggybacking. He wants to carry you. He wants to, he wants to help you with the journey of life. And no matter what we're going through today, the battle is either, either rages here. Did you know even, even people that steal, kill, destroy, uh, commit all kinds of sin, do you know it began with a thought? They just didn't run in and rob the bank before they gave thought to it. And, and can I tell you, the mind is where we, are. the Bible says, Paul says this, Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed to the renewing of your mind, that you can prove what is good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. And we do our proving by studying the word, transforming our mind, getting our mind to think like God thinks. Listen, it's not about religion. You can be totally religious. You can go to church every time the door opens. You can say amen just as loud as anybody. You may shout the, the aisles of the church, but listen to me. The, the, the battle is won or lost, not in how loud I say amen, but it's, it's, life is, is directed by my thoughts. Would you, say, would you realize this? In the book of Proverbs, there's a scripture that says, As a man thinketh in his heart. How do you think in your heart? Well, the thought process begins here. And a bad thought is not a sin. It's when you act on a bad thought that's contrary to the word of God that it becomes sin. And the Bible says the wages of sin is death. But God's word is a lamp unto our feet. It's a light to our pathway. God wants you to have fun in the journey. He's made provision for every step of the journey of life. And every day you can pick up words of encouragement. Don't wait for somebody to come along and encourage you when you're discouraged. Pick up the word of God. David had made so many mistakes, and yet he said, My soul wait patiently upon the Lord, for my encouragement comes from him. God wants you to use us to encourage you. When you're in doubt, go to the word of God. He wants to show you the right way. In Jeremiah 33 and 3, he says, if you'll call on me, I'll answer you. How many have a caller ID today? <laughs> yeah, you've done the same thing I've done. Before you pick up the phone, what happens, Frank? Would you say that a little louder? You look right at it to see who's calling. Yeah. Does that make a difference? Uh, sometimes. <laughs> You've got the message for the day. Come on, I'm going to sit down. It makes a difference. It makes a difference. You know, God wants you to know he's got your number this morning. He's got my number. He's not picking on you. He wants to show us a better way. And the world is looking for a better way. And God has called us to be examples. Have we all made mistakes? Yes, we have. Romans 3.23 says, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. So and let me say this. There's no big sin in a little sin. And can I say this, and it really tears up. A religion, it messes a religion's hair up. If you've uh, broke one of them, you might as well have broke them all. Is that what it says? Yeah. Okay. All right. So much for that. We're going to Genesis chapter 3. Everybody there, can you say amen? I want to talk to you for a few moments about 
What would really happen in our life if we just lived in God's presence? What would really happen in our life if we just lived in God's presence? I can think about a lot of, a lot of scriptures. About, it talks about how wonderful it is. In his presence there's fullness of joy. At his right hand there are pleasures for more. In his, in his presence, in his presence, you, he said, you'll, you can search me and you'll find me when you search me with all your heart. There's nothing like basking in the presence of God. However, we've all tried at times to do it our way. You know, there's been times when we've entertained this thought, well, it's such a minute thing, I'm not going to bother God today. I can handle this, I did it before. And then we find out we didn't handle it so good. I mean, I didn't handle it so good, boy. (laughs) And then that's when, God, I really need you and I mean it this time. (laughs) I'm sure God sits in the heavenlies and he often laughs at the way humanity, especially pastors, uh, the way pastors handled situation. But I'm going to read to you this morning Genesis chapter 3 and verse 8. Everybody there, I'm not, but I hope you are. And we're going to read this scripture as our springboard for the message this morning. Verse 8. Talking about Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, we all know that that the Garden of Eden was the most beautiful, most perfect place. The lion and the lamb lay down together. There were no, st- I mean, there was snakes in, he- in, in the Garden of Eden, but there was no rattlesnakes. <laughs> Every snake is a rattlesnake. No, there's no good snake like a dead snake. But they were there. Moving on with the message. Verse 8, and they heard the sound of the Lord. Who, was, who heard? There was only Adam and Eve at this time in the Garden of Eden. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the, the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife Eve hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. They did what? They hid themselves. Sin will always cause us to run from the presence of God. Then I want to turn to Exodus, Genesis. If you'll just continue to turn to the right in your book. Your, your Bible this morning to chapter 33, and I want to read to you verses 14 and 15. Again, God is talking to Moses, and let me just begin in verse 12 this morning. In Exodus chapter 33, verse 12, And then Moses said to the Lord, See, you, you say to me, Bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Therefore I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me your way, that I may know you, and that I may find grace in your sight, and consider that this nation is your people. This is Moses talking to God. In verse 15, Moses says to to God, "If if your presence does not go with us, Do not bring us up from here. Moses was looking at the job that God had assigned him, and he was recognizing his inability in the flesh to do what God was calling him to do. And he responds to God in verse 14. He said, if you don't go, then we can't go either. And and God says, uh, My presence, verse 14, he said, My presence will go with you, and I will give you 
rest, rest. In the journeys of life, both spiritually and physically, there's a spirit of weariness that we all deal with. There's a spirit when we have prayed and we've sought the Lord as Christian people, and it just seems like there's something about the waiting game that none of us enjoy. I know patience is a virtue. You hear me say this quite often. It's not my best cup of tea. I'm not really good. I'm watching that light the minute it turns green. I have the same motivation spirit as you have. I want to honk that horn because somebody saw something brighter than a green light to look at. And I want I want to I, and I, I'm so glad a few, a few times that I, I I didn't respond. But God has given us all kinds of abilities in this, this life that he has given us, but I can tell you he wants to help us control the areas of life that get out of control and get us in trouble. And Moses realized the calling that God had given him. He said, I can't lead your people, I stutter. And so God gave him a helpmate that didn't stutter. And Moses was just like a, a whole lot like Orville White. His excuses were longer than your arm as to why he shouldn't do what God was calling him to do. When God began to call me, I became one of the most rebellious individuals that I believe that God had ever dealt with. I just said, I have had it. I've been raised on a church pew. I've had it up to here, and I'm not going there. I refuse to go there. And the Lord was sitting in the heavens saying, we'll see. We'll see. How many know that misery loves company? How many knows that God doesn't like misery? And he doesn't accompany or feel sorry for us in our misery pity parties. God wants you to know that he has created his presence. And he wants you to depend on his presence. He wants you to be directed. And today we want to identify the difference between two kinds of presence. There's the omnipresence of God. And that means God's presence is everywhere. When we walk out of this building, we think we're in God's house, we think we're in His presence, and certainly we are. But you know, when you get in your car and drive down the highway, the omnipresence of God is with you. The omnipresence of God is everywhere you go. He, he, he allows the omnipresence of God to flow not only on America, but around the world. Not around, only around the world, but He allows the omnipresence to uh, encompass people no matter where they're at. Whether they're the family of God or whether they're not. But you, you can't find a place on earth where the presence of God is not present. But I want to talk to you about the manifest presence of God. And there are times when God's presence shows up and he speaks to us or he nudges us or he opens our eyes and we see things we hadn't seen before. And he allows us to love people sometimes that we didn't think that we could even love. And he gives us the ability to say, I'm sorry, I made, a, I made a horrible mistake. Would you find it in your heart to forgive me? It's the favor of God that gives us the strength and the ability to do these things that our flesh normally rebels against. David spoke to us. My younger brother spoke a few days ago, just a few days after I'd had minor surgery. And I still remember his message, the title, God Still Speaks. And he's speaking to every one of us this morning, whether we're listening or not. God never stops speaking. The airwaves are filled with God's word this morning. And he wants you to tune into his frequency because he has something he wants to talk to you about. He wants to help you with your situation. He wants to encourage you if you're discouraged. He wants to, wants to break the bonds off of you if you're, if you're embedded in a habit that you can't break. He wants to help you. He wants to fill the void in your life. If you're here this morning and you're lonely and you're depressed or you're oppressed or maybe you're in a, a situation this morning... 
your marriage just doesn't seem to be as healthy as it is. It just seems like everybody else's marriage is helping or working, but yours isn't. God is speaking to you. He says, I've got a better way. I want to equip you with the equipment so that you can mount up with wings as eagles. You can run and not be weary. You can walk and not faint. You can look at the adversary in the eye and you can say, I refuse to check in. I refuse to call it quits with my marriage. I'm speaking blessings over my marriage. And in due season, the Bible says, I'm going to win if I don't quit. Listen, God deserves the glory this morning. His omnipresent is always real. But listen, let me tell you something else. The manifest presence of God is something that money can't buy. And it only goes by invitation. I'm so blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Everywhere I go, I just, I just, I just like to drive down the highway saying, thank you, Jesus. You know, because the breath that I breathe is borrowed from him. The health that I enjoy was, was given to me by him. The joy of the Lord is my strength comes from him. In him we live, move, and have our being. And apart from him, the Bible says we're nothing. So this morning, I need to tell you, we're indebted to the Lord Jesus Christ. In him we live, move, and have our being. And he's not tripped up by the election that America is facing today. He already knows how it's going to come out. And so I pray every day, Lord, calm the war inside of me. Take the spirit of slap out of me this morning. Lord, clean house. And sometimes I hear him say, well, let's begin at the White House first. (laughs) Moving back to the notes. A manifest presence of God is a moment in your life when God is present. Your natural senses just doesn't seem to be energized, but the presence of God is a motivator. It'll give you strength to do things your flesh says don't do it. It'll give you strength to, uh, to love like you can't love in the flesh. It'll give you resistance power that only comes through the manifest presence of God. And many times his manifest presence carries... It carries with him the peace of God that transcends all understanding. Has anybody ever been to a place in life when you, you even said these words, my mind just fails me, I just can't figure this out. That's when God wants to manifest himself. He said, well, I, I didn't create your mind to figure out what's going to happen tomorrow. I just, I just created it so you could handle today. God knows. He has put us all together. He, all the intricate parts. I think about the body that my spirit lives in. And I, only God cr- created a house like he's created. The only thing I would have, I would have a few suggestions. Lord, let me, let me grow hair on the top of my head when I get to be the age that I am. <laughs> Lord, Lord, give me the strength I had when I was 16. And I'll let you take out the, the on, part of the honoriness. Just give me the strength that I had when I was 16. Oh, I've got a lot of I've got a lot of uh, suggestions to the Lord, but you know what? He doesn't need my suggestions. He needs my cooperation. That's right. Has anybody ever asked you something that you wanted, wanted you to do, and you just you just put the brakes on inside, and you didn't say no on the outside, but you did on the inside? Yeah, I'm so relieved. I'm in the right family today. And then and then you walk away and you say, "What in the world did I ever say yes for?" Just maybe the omnipresence of God helped you say the right thing because your flesh is not wanting to do that. It, it wants to, it want, you know, the, can I just say this? The flesh wants to eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow you may die. Can I hear at least three amens? 
We all like to. I'm going to tell I'm, uh, I'm going to tell a little story I, I told in, in Sunday school class this morning. There's a man in this church that, that he knows uh, good chocolate candy, and this candy that he buys and sends to our house has got sea salt on it. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's so contagious. You eat one piece, and your flesh says one more won't hurt. <laughs> you eat that sack, I'm going to eat this. Your flesh says, one more. You can do it out tomorrow. Why don't you just take one more piece of that? Sherry said, would you like another piece of chocolate? <laughs> and you won't believe it. I said, yes. <laughs> well, there's been a few rearrangements in my life the past 30 days. And, and uh, I've had a lot of uh, some sitting time to do. And the doctor said, I need to keep my hands in my pocket for a few days. And... Uh, Along with that, the Lord has helped me uh, think about some things that I'd never thought about before. And uh, the doctor really helped me after he had repaired me. He said these words like he had known me all of my life. If you'll go home and be a good boy, you'll make it just fine. <laughs> I wanted to get back home and talk to a doctor that knew me well. He's never told me that. <laughs> He knows me well enough to know that I don't always behave like preachers should behave. So I'm going through some strenuous times today, but the manifest presence of God gives us the ability to say no, no. You know, I, 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 I'm saying no in my spirit and my body's saying, come on, just one piece of that chocolate won't hurt you. Sometimes the manifest presence of God just has to overtake us in a way. And he gives us strength to say no. Maybe not because there's nothing wrong with chocolate candy. And boy, if you ever get, come to our house and you look for that chocolate candy, it's not in the cabinet. It's sitting by Sherry's Lazy Boy <laughs> on the left side. You talk about convenience. You're talking about news time. I'm telling you, nothing makes Fox News sound any better than a piece of that chocolate candy. <laughs> but it's sometimes when our life is out of control, even as Christians, even as followers of the Lord, even pastors. I was so angry this week because the guy that had pulled that front tire off of the rear and then he had uh, shared the gospel with some people that I, I love. And he, he, told me some, he told them some things that I was hiding. And, uh, boy, I, I just need to tell you, it was overhaul time in my life because I'm just like you. I have a lot of pride. I never want to be. Uh, I'm, I, I'm a giver. I'm not a good receiver. I, I was told by a great author about three years ago the reason that people aren't good receivers is because we lose control when we receive. I didn't want to hear that. <laughs> but uh, anyhow, when the Lord began to overhaul me, I, and, uh, you know, we, we, all, we all have this face that we like to wear when everything's just going hunkadory. We all have this, we all have this image we, we like to portray when, when uh, everybody else hurts besides us. We all have this image sometimes that... Uh, uh, everything's just all right when inwardly we're torn apart. Can I say this about Elm Grove this morning? Strangers that have never been here 
had walked into the sanctuary to fill the pulpit. And before they got to the pulpit, they whispered in my ear, when I walked into this church, I knew I was meeting a family, not a congregation. Amen. Yes. And you know, a family is where you can just kind of expose yourself and, and trust your family. You can just kind of be yourself, you know, and you can just kind of, you know, uh, just kind of, they already know us, but you know, we, it's just fun to laugh and, and, and have a good time with family. But can I say this? Sometimes in the journey of life, God knows just exactly how to bring us to a place where we not only say it, we believe it. My grace is sufficient for you. It's made perfect in your weakest hour. And instead of words that our fleshly man wants to speak, it's the Holy Spirit. It's the omnipresence of God that gives us strength to say thank you. It's the omnipresence of God that sometimes gives me the strength to turn my back so nobody can see the hot tears that are streaming down my cheek. But I want to move on to thought two about our message today. If the omnipresence is, fills the earth this morning and the manifest presence of the Lord ministers to us on special occasions and the times that we just totally submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ. A time when we realize we're helpless, we're on a, the stormy seas of life and it just seems like the life preserver that we're wearing is just not going to keep us afloat. There comes times in our life when it's not words, it's a message that comes from our heart. But the second thought I want to ask you this morning is, is it possible to leave the presence of God? Is it possible, as a Christian, a follower of Jesus, is it possible to walk off and walk out of the manifest presence of God? Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I've got some examples that I'm going to talk to you about. In Genesis chapter 3, 8, it says, they walked out of the presence of God, Adam and Eve. They went and hid themselves from God. The reason that they went and hid themselves from God is because there was sin in their life. There was something in that day called disobedience. And disobedience is sin today. When, when God speaks to my life to do something, when God speaks to my heart, and I've, I've said harsh words to, to Sherry, or I have handled things or misappropriated things in my life, and he says, I want you to go say, I'm sorry. And we're all, you know, we're all prone to say, is there a plan B? <laughs> Can I just write it on the uh, snack bar? I'm going to leave in the morning before she gets up. No, he said, I want you to say it to her. Not only do I want you to say it, you say it with words, I want you to embrace her. Oh, let me pray about that, Lord. Now he said, I need prayer. I'm quickening you. When I, when I disobey... I can walk out of the presence. You know, when, when I, when, even though we don't realize it, let me, let me just say some things that the Holy Spirit's giving me this morning that's not even in my notes. Do you know when I look at my spouse or somebody that I have been hasty to speak to and I say I'm sorry, do you know there's more good happening to me than there is to the one that's receiving those words? What is happening? I'm opening up the floodgates 
of the manifest presence of God. So he can say, you're doing good. Let's go to the next level. I've got something else. I've got a blessing. I want you to be in a position to receive. But you had to pass that test. How many of us have been so guilty? Well, I'll do it tomorrow. And all we're doing is stalling the manifest presence of God. God wants to bless you today, and he's got blessings for tomorrow, but it all hinges on whether I'm willing to obey or not. And have you ever been willing to just justify, well, I didn't start that fight. My dad always had this, you may not have started it, but I'm going to, get, I'm going to finish that. And he did that as he flipped his belt out. He was the greatest mediator I ever met. He could close a generation gap quicker than anybody I'd ever met. His word stood. His word was next to God. All you, you learned to say, yes, sir, and no, sir. When I was four years old, I knew those words, and I knew them well. Is it possible to leave the presence of God? It's not possible to leave the omnipresence of God because the omnipresence of God overshadows the world 24-7. It is possible to, to, to walk out of the manifest presence of God. Because if I disobey what God is speaking to me, guess what? It also happened to the children of Israel. A 40-year journey that was just a few-day journey. But they just couldn't get it together. They just kept murmuring and complaining. How many love quail? Three of us? Oh, I thought everybody loved birds. How many love sparrows or buzzards? We all like quail, don't we? Let me ask you this. How many love angel food cake? I'm a lover. Did you know for 40 years they had quail and angel food cake to eat? That's manna in heaven. Manna. Angel food cake is manna. And they just couldn't enjoy quail and angel food cake and you know what they did they murmured and they complained and the lord said well you know until they get it together i'm just going to let them circle out here and they circled till the older generation passed away and then the younger generation went into the promised land who had he promised the promised land to all of them the whole children of it the whole family but you know what? They just couldn't get it together. It just, I mean, it, the food got rotten. And, and let me just say a little more. Their shoes didn't wear out in 40 years. They were wearing the same yep. shoes 40 years later. How about this? Nobody got sick during those 40 years. No baby got colic. I mean, everything was just perfect except, except uh, one or two things. And they just had to talk about one or two things. And it turned that journey from a, a few days, 11, 11, maybe 14, I don't know. Different Bible commentators tell different times. But it was just a day's journey that turned out 40 years. Just because they couldn't accept God's plan. And so he just let them die. Wallowing. In their wilderness. How about this guy? How many remember the, the story in the Bible about Jonah? We, we have a Jonah in our family. And, uh, and our name could be Jonah pretty easy. Because, uh, well, we're not going to go there. But I want to 
I'm going to share what he said in, in, in the book of Jonah, chapter 1, verse 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against them, for their wickedness has come up before me. Verse 3, but Jonah arose to flee from Tarsus, from the presence. He, 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 he did what? He, he began to flee from the city that God had sent him. And he also, as he began to run from that city, God said it to go. He also was running from the presence of the Lord, according to Scripture. And he went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarsus. So he paid the fare, went down into it, and he went in the wrong direction. Why? He just got on the wrong boat. You ever heard this? Well, I missed a boat. That's nothing. Jonah missed a boat too, but he did it on purpose. Guess what? He didn't just miss a boat. He walked out of the manifest presence of God. When we refuse to do what God asks us to do, when God tells us to do something and I don't do it, I actually walk out of the manifest presence of God. I'm not talking about making mistakes. We've all made mistakes. We've all did things that Emily, we've said this, if I could just do that over again. Now, in closing this morning, I'd like to talk to you in the last few moments about entering the presence of God. In Psalms 95, chapter 95, verse 1-2, O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Verse 2, let us come before His presence with thanksgiving. Never before has the church had the opportunity to express himself to a world. We can come into his house this morning with thanksgiving. We can come into his house with a song in our heart. We can leave his place knowing we've been in the presence of God. And every day God wants us to cultivate an attitude of gratitude. I walk through Oklahoma City hospitals usually for, on an average from one to three times a week. And every time I glance through the doors as I walk down the corridor of those hospitals, I see children with no hair on their head. I see bodies that are wrapped from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet. I see about every situation I can see. And when I hit the elevator and get to the floor, these are the words that come out of my mouth. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I go into places where they say, Pastor, you've got a gown up before you can go in. And I put the gown on, I put the face mask in and I, on, and I go in, and I have a word of prayer. The, the, I, I, I really do depend on the manifest presence of God to give me something right to say and words of encouragement and when I pray I just open my spirit and let the Lord flow out of my heart some things that I feel that only God can delegate for that person and when I go outside of that room and I de-gown and take that mask off boy it's not hard it's not hard for me to say thank you Jesus I traveled home. I stood by bedside of people that I knew wasn't coming home. And I was on my way home hard as I could go. And I thought, oh, God, you've been so real. I'd had a long day in the city just a couple of weeks ago. And I was tired and weary. And I, I found out a friend of mine was being metaflighted in. And I, I went back to the hospital to wait on him. And, I, and my body was weary. But when I got to the holding room in ICU, I was so grateful as I looked at a friend the same age as I was. And inwardly, I was saying, oh, thank you, Jesus. That could be me. I'm glad I'm on the giving end. I came. I told him how much I loved him. And I wanted to pray with him. And I released the manifest presence of God in that room. And tears streamed down my face as I released all, what only heaven has paid for. Listen to me this morning. If your 
you're living below your privilege and start saying yes to Jesus. He's got enough of his manifest presence to bless you, you, yourself, your family, your marriage, your children. And no matter what's going on, God wants to manifest himself with love that's a, and, and, the, and the joy of the Lord that's our strength. So he can motivate us to do things that we'll never do in the natural. And here's simply what he does. He has supernatural power that he releases on us when we allow his manifest presence to flow through us. Psalms 100, chapter 100, verses 1 and 2. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is good. He, it is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and to his courts with praise. Be thankful and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his faith endures to all generations. Boy, that cultivates an attitude inside of me because that says the manifest presence is made available. All I have to do to receive it is say, Lord, James 4, 6 says, submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. And when I submit myself to the Lord Jesus Christ and I lay aside the old fleshly man and the fleshly desires and I say, Lord, I want to have an encounter with you or I'm riding the elevator and I don't know what I'm going to say to the family that's hurting, to the families that's sick. I said, God, I can't do this without you. So I'm walking by faith and I know your manifest presence is going to help me out. Oh, he's a, he's a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows when I'm in over my head. He knows when I need help, and he's always a present help in time of need. He said, be of good courage. Don't fear I've overcame it all. Listen to me. No matter how the election goes for America, God has a plan, and the president is not big enough to mess up God's plan. Give him praise in the house this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not about how good I can sing this morning, but we can all worship. Worship is a choice. Every Sunday morning as I lift my hands, it's just an act of surrender. Lord, I'm thankful that you've given me this many years on planet Earth. You've blessed me with health and strength. You've blessed me with a family today, a church family that's such a blessing You've blessed me with a, my own family this morning. You've blessed me beyond measure. And many times, many times, distractions will, will are an enemy to our worship. You don't have to be musically inclined to worship the Lord. You will know you've entered into his presence when you invite him into your life and say, Lord, it's not about blessing me, but allow me to be a blessing to those around me. Let me close with this question this morning. What's God saying to you today? As you bow your head this morning, I want to ask that question again. What is God saying to you this morning? And question number two, what are you saying back to the Lord? These are two questions that we need to ask ourselves every day. Lord, what are you saying to me today? You said if we're willing and obedient, we'll eat the good of the land. 
And I want to be willing and obedient. What are you saying to me today? Everybody gets tired. Everybody gets weary. Sometimes Wednesday night becomes a real challenge as the buses and the vans unload. But I'm going to tell you, church family, I have an encounter nearly every day with some little fellow that got picked up by a bus or a van. I was standing in line at the grocery store yesterday, and this cute little four or five-year-old boy was standing by his mother. She was checking out. And he looks up, and he says, I know you. I said, oh, you do? Well, who am I? And he thought for a minute, and he looked back up. And some of the most gorgeous eyes that I've ever looked on. And he said, you walk at the church. I want to say to every bus driver and every van driver, you don't know who you're touching this morning. I talked about last Sunday in the message about being a full service church. How our church family ministers to the widows and the orphans and many of the kids that ride those buses on Wednesday night are from single parents. Some of them don't even know who their parents are. Listen. You're opening your life to the manifest presence of God. When you get out of your comfort zone just to help somebody that's less fortunate than you. What's he saying to us this morning? What's he saying to us as a church today? What's he saying to the shepherd of this congregation this morning? He's always has something to say. He's not there to put us down. He's there to lift us up. He's here to tell us we're the head and not the tail. We're the above and not the beneath. And no matter what he's saying, Philippians chapter 4 verse 13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Question number three, are you willing to say to the Lord this morning, not my will, but your will be done in my life. And from this day forward, Lord, with your help, where you lead me, I will follow. Would you stand to your feet? I want to pray with you this morning. And as we pray today, if there are those in the building this morning, you've never submitted your life to the Lord, I want you to allow it to be this time. If there's something in your life that just, you know, the manifest presence of God wants to take you from where you're at to where God wants you to be, but it's just been hard for you to keep from resisting God's plan. Maybe there's a stronghold in your life that's holding you where you're at, and you made it. A thousand decisions. I'm going to walk away. I'm going to walk away. And we've all been in that place before. But listen to me. I'm going to talk to you this morning. If you're bound in chains that are invincible. If, if they're not even seen. But you're bound in a cage this morning. That you're trying to get out of. God wants to break the chains. He wants to open the prison door. For you this morning. And he can do that by you simply saying, Lord, I submit to your will this morning. 
I wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. And I cast down the imagination that I'll never change. I cast down the imagination that everybody is against me. I cast down the imagination that I don't have a Chinaman's chance. I cast that imagination down because, Lord, if you can do anything, you can heal me. You can set me free. You can liberate me. I can run and not be weary. I can walk and not faint. And I want your super on my natural this morning. As I pray for this congregation this morning, if that's you and you're in this congregation, I want you to receive this prayer. Following this prayer, the front, we always stay for those that need special prayer. If you have a special need, please come forward and we'll pray for you. But this is our benediction this morning. Lord, may your face shine upon this congregation. In our coming in and our going out, we have no guarantee that there will be another day for our life. So we need to make sure this morning that we're not locked into prison bars, Lord, where there seems to be no way of escape. Lord, we don't, there's no need for anybody within the sound of my voice, Lord, to allow a, a hindrance or a, a, something in their life to hold them captive when you came to set the captives free. For those that have been brokenhearted, that maybe their best friend walked out on them and, and they've never healed. Instead of healing, there's been bitterness that's in, infected that wound. And today they're, they can put on a set of clothes, but inside of them, Lord, inside of them, there's an incision that's never healed this morning. I want to lift that, those people up this morning. Lord, I speak healing. I command the infection to leave that broken heart. And I speak, Holy Spirit, I release the, the power of the Holy Spirit upon the, that person or those people that are here today. Lord, through the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit, give them the strength to forgive and forget and allow life to move forward in Jesus' name. If there's anyone in the building this morning that's never made you Lord of their life, Lord, let them find in their heart to say, Dear Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need your help. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. From this day forward, I want to be a follower of Jesus Christ. If you prayed that prayer, you prayed it from your heart. It's not just empty words. You're born again today. Walk out of this building knowing Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. Father, we give all the praise and glory to you in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Great to have you in the service this morning.